0: Hi and welcome to the Calm Edge Rebels Podcast. I'm Jenny Fields. I'm Advita Patel. I'm
1: Trudy Lewis.
2: Hello and welcome back to our weekly update. Today we are going to talk about diversity. And I'm saying this a little bit like, oh, we're talking about diversity. <laughs>
0: I do think that
2: when I, when I, I, I don't know, it's, it's my own thing. It's my own thing that I just need to get over. But I do think that sometimes when I mention the word diversity to some folks, they kind of do the whole, Oh, here she goes again! <laughs> oh no, <laughs> oh, no, I know. Like here she goes again. Talk about diversity. But it's such a you know those of you who who follow the work that I do and the work and the all three of us in fact are quite passionate about this space in all areas of diversity. But it's been quite a a pinnacle week for all of us, right, in terms of diversity, inclusion, and equity. And I know Jenny's done some training in this space over the last week. I've been knee-deep in promoting our diversity in PR conference through a leader like me, which we'll talk a little bit about today as well. And also, I've just been reading quite a lot of commentary and articles and just different things that are going on at the moment. So it's like, it's front of mind more than it has been uh, recently anyway. So I thought we'd have a little bit of a chit-chat about that this week, if that's okay with Jenny and Trudy. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. So uh, Jenny, shall we kick off with your training? How, how's that been?
0: How's that? Yeah, it was good. I did a I did a day's training on diversity and inclusion through the work that, that we do with CIPR and I know you guys are kind of going on that as well. It was a really good day and it's probably the only sort of formal training that I've done, given all the reading and things that I've done over the last kind of 18 months and all the podcasts and conversations I've had. It was the first sort of formal piece, if you like. And I shared a post on LinkedIn the other day because as we were doing the workshop, there were sort of several words that really kind of spoke to me as we were sort of talking. And they were words like identity, consistency, oppression, societal evolution, intentional, unearned was another one. But the identity one was probably the bit that stayed with me the most in terms of diversity and inclusion and the link to your identity and how that links diversity. And I still need to kind of work that through in my head, but it was just quite a powerful moment to me about the whole identity piece and what that stands for. And and yeah, it was good. And we did some really interesting exercises around privilege, which is that kind of unearned piece. And I know I've shared with both of you already, we did an exercise where it was sort of cameras off, cameras on, if you could agree with certain statements. So statements like, can you easily get plasters that match your skin tone? And if you can put your camera on. And there were other statements in there, there were 10 and And that was quite uncomfortable for me in certain points and and there's nowhere to hide in that where you're the only person that's got your camera on and everyone else has their camera off. And I think having time to reflect on that and also feeling a huge compulsion to explain myself mm. was quite high, but it's it stayed with me, and I know other people that were on the training course. we've had a few text conversations since to say there's things we talked about in that session that have stayed with us and and really made us think about the actions. there was a l- lot of focus on what are the actions we're going to do and I've definitely got a couple of actions for me certainly around diversity and in the disability space because I've identified a real gap in my understanding and knowledge there and also in my social circles in that so I know that there's work for me to do to understand that better so it's taking action in that and there was a few links and things that were shared that I need to go away and and look up and, and research a bit more about so it was it was really good but you're right it's it's always quite top of mind for the three of us I think especially given the work you do at Vita with a leader like me but certainly in the last week it feels more mm. um, prominent in, in my mind yeah. that's for sure.
2: Yeah definitely the privilege conversation always really interests me because there's, there's, I feel like the folks are in two different kind of camps with privilege you know you've got the folks who are like I'm not rich so I don't know why people are kind of having a go at me about privilege and then you do get the folks who get it who understand like you know I've I've definitely got privilege and we've all got privilege right between the three of us and not only in terms of our professionalism and the platforms that we have but also the way we were kind of brought up and stuff and some of the access that we had and I just think that privilege conversation is something that people do probably need to look a little bit deeper in and, and recognise some of the stuff that they do have access to, that, you know, it's not about the wealth thing. And I found a mm. privilege wheel, which I will link as part of the show notes on here as well, which is a really, that opened my mind to a lot of things because I underst- I kind of understood it, but not until I saw that privilege wheel and what was regarded as privilege, which I just yeah. took given.
1: Yeah. which is a big thing. How about you, Trudy? How's your week been? Yeah, it's been good. It's been busy, lots going on there. But, you know, I'm. I, I think mostly with all of this diversity space, I just... I'm encouraged when I hear that companies are having courses to take their people through EDI, which I think is just really, really important. The challenge is, where do we take it from there? Do you know, does it go further? Does it just become a course that you put on a shelf? You know, you've done it and nothing actually translates into the day to day. I just hope that that happens. And I've also talked quite a lot with a friend who does quite a lot of work around inclusive leadership as well and how we can continue that conversation As as we go along. But one of the things that, you know, just listening to both of you talk, one of the things that really struck me is the fact that for quite a long time, I never really thought about the wider part of diversity in terms of really understanding it. So I think what's nice about the times that we're in is that we are looking at everybody and all sorts of people and not just keeping it to colour do you know what I mean? Or gender. Gender. We, you yeah. know, it's everything. And I, I, I really am loving, you know, being in that space at the moment, learning more about that and realizing that when we say inclusive, we really need to understand what inclusivity means and equity. So that's quite huge. And yeah, so this week I've just been a bit slower in that I've kind of just come off contracts, just come off some work. And been able to spend some time reflecting on things. Nice.
2: Yeah, that's really interesting what you said, Trudy, about you know it being wider than gender and race. And I know that has been the focus for many years. I would say you know particularly gender, uh, which is important, is really important, uh, and race with what happened you know a couple of years ago. That's had a, a spotlight. There's still not enough being done. That's a given, but it's also made me kind of recognise that we need to look wider. Like you're right in in the other kind of protected characteristics as we call it in the UK such as sexuality and disability and and Jenny your point on the disability world is is something that I am learning more about because I recognize and acknowledge that I don't have enough in my kind of circle Mm. and in my networks and in my social circles as well and it was only and it's funny because Priya who's who's my business partner for a a leader like me and my co-founder for a leader like me We were both talking and reflecting on our weekly catch-up about how Mark Webb, so those of you who don't know Mark Webb, he's head of comms for the MS Society and he's also a disability advocate. He called us out a year ago when we first did our conference to say that where's the disability representation? Like you're talking about inclusivity and you're talking about representation, but where are people who are like me? And uh, he was right, you know, when both of us were like, oh my God, how can we even miss this? Mortified. So we brought Mark in and had a conversation with him and asked him to kind of lead a panel and have a conversation about it and open it up. But Priya and I said, you know, if Mark hadn't called us out on that and had that conversation with us, we probably wouldn't even, you know, recognise that. And that's what really kind of it's a little bit worrying, really, that we didn't even think that way. But one thing that Priya always says is it is about progress, not perfection. And I said, you know, and my kind of motto now is be better than what you were yesterday, and that's what I, you know we try and do. And that's what the conference, the Diversity in PR conference, which is taking place on 14th of October. I hope some of you have got tickets for it because it is going to be an incredible event. And I know I'm biased. I know I'm biased <laughs> <laughs> saying this. I'm like acknowledging my bias, uh, but it is going to be an incredible conference. And we have themed it making progress because you know a lot has happened in the last year and some of it's not moved as quick as we'd like it to move some of it has moved at pace and some people are uncomfortable with that pace because they're still catching up and other people want it to move quicker so we're kind of in this world right now where there's a lot of conflict but also a lot of you know collaboration so making progress is about what have we done in the last year that's you know, that we're not proud of, that's not the right word, but what we are kind of engaged in and we're making sure that we're we're driving that forward and we're doing the work that we need to do. But where else do we need to, Acknowledged some effort as well. And we've got a range of incredible speakers from different parts of, of the globe, which is incredible, and, and different areas of diversity as well. We're kicking off. Um Jane Briley is going to kick us off. And, and Jane is the Intent Health founder. So, those of you who don't know what Intent Health is, is a PR agency focusing on healthcare in the UK. But when I spoke to Jane, Almost 18 months ago now, before she kicked off Intent Health, she had a a huge goal and ambition, which was to make her agency at least 50% representation and 50% of color. And now, you know, and she's achieved that and she's gone above and beyond that in her agency because she recognized the inequalities in healthcare. That's a big topic. Mm. And she realized if you don't have people who are part of that conversation, then how can you make that change? So, Jane's going to talk about her ambition and her goal and what she did to kind of get there. And it's going to be a great topic. And Priya and I both have been watching Jane's progress for for a long time. And we're really excited when she agreed to say yes, because I think that's going to be a really interesting conversation for PR agencies who may be Mm, not as diverse uh, Mm. as as potentially they should be. (laughs) Not naming (laughs) names. And then,
0: <laughs> uh, I know, you, do, you, know, you know, how at the start you were like, Yes, she go again, talking about diversity, and then you're like, I'm Not going to name names. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's just have just, just leave <laughs> that in the room, just
2: there, hanging along. And then uh, we're going to go on to a panel, which is around our so we've, we've managed to convince some volunteers for professional bodies. So we've got uh, a CIPR. So we've got Avril who's going to come and talk about CIPR work. We've got Katrina Marshall who's going to talk about... PRCA and the work that they're doing we've got Gabrielle Loring who's going to talk about IABC, and we've got Loretta Lamb who's going to talk about the Chartered Marketing Association in Canada and then the panelist being hosted by Jefferson Daryl who's an incredible person all five of them in fact are incredible folks and they're just going to talk about what it's like to volunteer for a professional body where you know and how they're pushing that diversity and inclusion agenda and equity inclusion I know we've all three of us have faced our own frustrations I think. Yeah. when it comes to uh, this area of work so I just thought it'd be a great space to have this conversation and talk about the good things that this professional policy said I know we did the race report for CIPR mm. uh, Trudy and I both did it right Trudy we both got interviewed yeah. Yeah. Uh, for that which was an interesting report and I think you know nothing new in that though I don't think if you're a person of colour and you won't have found anything shocking in that but it's just interesting to see what direction the institutions are taking Mm. Uh, when it comes to this space, not only in terms of colour, but other areas of diversity as well. Then we kind of move into, we've got Mark Webb going to talk about disability in comms and PR, Uh, and that's going to be an incredible session. If you've not heard Mark speak before, he's funny, he's charismatic, he's just got a great way about him, so he's definitely worth tuning in for and listening to. We then move into our Leader Like Me panel. So we've got some of our incredible women who are members of A Leader Like Me who work in comms and PR who are talking about courage and confidence because we think that's going to be a great session because it does take courage and confidence. I think when you're entering mm-hmm. a profession that is, you know, you're a minority voice uh, often in those uh, areas. Then we've got Neil Griffiths who's going to talk about why diversity, equity and inclusion is important for us to embrace as communicators and how we need to manage that within the role that we do, whether that's in-house or agency or, or a freelance So that's going to be a great session. That's going to be a conversation with Neil. Then we've got Ayani, who is uh, the CEO of Black House Media. And oh, he's just such an incredible person. He had an agency in Nigeria and still does. And he's opened his agency in Edinburgh in Scotland. And he's got great plans for growth expansion, which will take him to like Europe and America as well. So that topic is going to be incredible. And he's going to talk about the market of the future. And it's going to talk about what they're doing with global clients, the impact of citizen advocacy, and also why unlikely candidates will build the market of the future, which is going to be a fascinating subject as well. Uh, and then we'll see kind of later time because of the time difference. We're later on in the evening in the UK and it's mid-afternoon in Eastern time. We've got another panel which is going to look at um, future PR, which is going to be hosted by Keith Riley, which is going to be great. And that was Keith's idea, actually, because, again, Priya and I are of a, are of a certain age. I'm not going to say how old. <laughs> really? <laughs> I know, I know. And it was Keith who actually didn't call us out by any stretch, but had a conversation about we need to bring youth to bring younger people into this conversation because they're the future of PR nice. so we uh, asked Keith to lead on that panel because you know it's a great topic and we've got Son, uh, Mubashara and Ileana who's going to talk about their experience in being gen z's in the world of PR and what that means for them as minority wow. voices And then we're ending the event with Jordan Baptiste, who is an Indigenous Canadian practitioner who's got his own agency and his focus is on building a bridge between the Indigenous community and the majority community in Canada and and working together better with them based on everything that's happened in Canada with with the horrific kind of genocide, I would call it, uh, with the the children. Tensions are high. And, you know, it's an area, again, that I'm not familiar with because, you know, we live in the UK and we don't have an Indigenous community but it's something that Priya uh, is extremely passionate about and cares about and that we all should really with everything that's going on and the stories that we've read have been a bit horrific so Jordan's going to end the day with his uh, talk on what he's doing in his creative agency how he's kind of built the community and how how diversity and inclusion is no longer a side project Uh, and it's not an add-on. I know, it's going to be great. It's great. It? I always remember Liz Halliday's quote on Twitter, actually. And I don't know if it is Liz's quote or she just borrowed the quote, but it's all about that um, diversity shouldn't be sprinkled on top, it should be baked in. Yeah. I just love that quote. And I hope yeah. that this, you know, this agenda that we've kind of pulled together and it is, you know, we're just so grateful for the folks who are part of this conversation. And I do think it's going to be a good day. I, hope. I think
0: it will be good. And where um, it's online, isn't it? Because you said, obviously, it's going to be in the afternoon for the UK. and and stuff but if people do want to get tickets if they haven't got them is it on your leader like me website
2: it is it's on leaderlikeme.com tickets are on sale there we've made them really accessible thanks to our sponsors if anybody wants more information, then you know DM me or Priya. We're, we're, we're accessible on LinkedIn and on Twitter and all that. But we really hope to see you people there. I think it'll be a really good day. Yeah. It's all recorded as well. So if you I know time-wise people might be able to make it and stuff, but we're recording each session so you can play back and you'll have access to that for over a year as well. So you can sh- share, it with friends, family, colleagues, you know, if there's any particular session that you enjoyed. But yeah, so we have a this is a slightly longer weekly Sorry. update. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sorry about that, everybody but hopefully it was a worthwhile one and you can check out our event and uh, share. please do share the words as well. So share the word, uh, tell tell your folks and, and let them know what, what's coming up as well. I hope to see you there. So you're now going to head off and listen to why power poses and quotes are not enough to keep you motivated. I'm going to say I'm loving our titles. This I know, brilliant. <laughs> it's a great it's a you know again not being biased but it's a good conversation we really hope you enjoy it as usual please do let us know what you think what you thought send us your feedback and let's carry on the conversation on our on our social feeds and we'll see you next week
0: if you want to find out more about how you can work with us you can visit our website which is calmagedrebels.com here you can find out more about each of us individually and it will also give you links to our own websites which are Colinear.co for Trudy, commsrebel.com for Advita and redefining comms for me Jenny.
2: You can also follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Carmage and you can also follow us
1: individually on Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. So if you do want to work with us around communications consulting, coaching or workshops please do get in touch. So for this episode, I thought I'd bring motivation as something we should cover, talk about, discuss. <laughs> it's it's one of those topics that in a sense always fascinates me because of how much motivation I really need on a daily basis and how much I find it lacking sometimes when the energy is down, when I can't focus so much, when I'm not clear about what I'm doing. And motivation for me is tied up into intention is tied up into purpose and the passion that you have to get something done and I'm always curious about well how do you get really motivated and how do we keep that motivation going on a level that we can then uh really achieve something so you know you've got goals you've got things that you want to you want to achieve you've got places that you want to make an impact on but it's sometimes so challenging to keep that motivation going and so to start off i thought we could all have a little q and a around how do you stay motivated guys and how do you keep it going really and i think just before we do that i just think that whole thing of people sending out motivation mondays and you know little sound bites and so on that's all lovely but do those things really impact us to the point where they give us motivation or do they just give us a little sound bite for that moment and it's gone?
0: I I'm totally go. look. I'm totally looking at vita because I know how exactly, much. Exactly, I'm love, looking at vita too. Motivation <laughs> close,
1: I'm like, you get us started, girl. <laughs> I mean, I love a good moment. I know you date. do. I'm not having a dig. <laughs> Are you sure, Trudy? <laughs> I like them as well, actually.
2: For, for for me, I love a good quote to give me that motivation that I know some folks just find it really cheesy. And a, a few years ago, I went out for dinner with a, couple, a few friends and they were taking the Michael at me. So I every single day on Facebook, I did a post, a quote for like a year. And in the end, there was when I stopped doing it, so many folks got in touch with me saying, I really miss your motivational mm-hmm. quotes. I really miss your you know, every morning I used to go on, and I could—I just realized, that, you know, when you sent like a little message, I used to laugh, but then made me recognize that I need to get the energy and get out there and work. And I don't know what it is about quotes. I don't—I don't know what it is. It just inspires me to kind of just get out of my slump. And I—I I recognize that the last couple of years have been, you know, terrible for a lot of people, and we've gone through so much trauma and change, and we've—we've we've experienced so many different things, and. I spoke about it quite openly a few months ago about burnout mm. and how I just didn't have the energy to do anything at all. Like I lost enthusiasm for many things, things that would have normally brought me joy. I just couldn't find that joy in there. And I realized for me, one of the key things as well as quotes, which, which both of you obviously know I love, is my community. You know, my community inspire me every single day. The fact that I speak to you two on a Minute by minute basis, <laughs> and it literally is minute by minute. Pushes me, you know. I know that if I'm feeling low, feeling a bit sad, feeling a bit just like I mean, not even sad or low, just no emotions as well at times. You know, you're just sitting there, not really feeling like you want to do anything. I, if I sent a message a WhatsApp to both of you, I left you one of my uh voice notes, which as you know is the podcast on its own. <laughs>
0: I've I've still got one to listen to it's like 18
2: minutes must have ever listened to it from the other day it literally is a voice note about nothing basically that 18 minute voice note Jenny is just a to-do list for me so I need to do this and then I need to do that and then I need to do this because I know later on that day one of you two is going to say to me so did you get that thing done or how did that you know how how was that and how did it help you I know that there will be somebody there to kind of keep me accountable and that for me is a big motivational boost like If I have somebody knowing that I've told somebody that I want to do something that you will hold me accountable for it or, you know, because I have this thing about letting myself down. Never mind letting other folks down, but it's more about letting myself down. So that those kind of things for me. So it's a mix of those quotes and you will see a quote on my Insta page at least once or twice a week. I stopped doing the everyday thing. I have. I recognise it's not for everybody, but you will see a quote and you will see me also asking folks to kind of keep me accountable for things as well. So if you're in my world in somewhere, another world, it's through WhatsApp and voice notes or you follow my stories on Instagram, and I normally will kind of say something that I'm doing so I know that there'll be somebody somewhere who will check in on me and say, how did you get on with X, Y and Z? How did that go? And that that works for me. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. I think the community thing is is so important isn't it people often say to me you know how do you keep going like how do you have the energy to just you know get up every day and keep going and, and keep doing what you're doing and I, I don't really know I think <laughs> I think there's a lot of things that I do that help me have balance and I think that's probably the thing for me that's really important so I exercise regularly three times a week and I do that with a personal trainer because then I'm accountable I can't go to a gym I've learned this about myself if I just go to a gym I'll just get on a cross trainer for five minutes and then get off like I'm just, I'm not gonna know and then I'll be like oh, I can have a reward. <laughs> it does not does not work for me at all. So I've put things in place to sort of help me have that balance. And I think the thing for me is that it's not all about work. And I know people that follow me on things like Twitter and stuff might feel like I am all about work. But I, I genuinely try not to work Fridays, and I generally try not to work before 10 or after 4. And having th- those kind of parameters around my time help me stay focused and then motivated to do stuff because I then have other things that also bring me joy as much as work does but I'll be going for a walk with friends or I'll be going out for dinner or I'll be doing my puzzle which I'm doing at the moment or listening to a podcast or or whatever other things there are and I think that's what helps keep me motivated is having different things to do I think if I was just working all the time I'd find that really hard because it's just that kind of constant feeling like you're kind of slogging away whereas knowing that in the morning i'm seeing a friend for a walk and knowing that on saturday i do um personal training with a friend and and we we do that every saturday morning together and it's lovely because it's kind of social and working out so it's it's having things in with some kind of loose structure that help me stay motivated. There are also days where I just want to get cake and watch Netflix and I'm in bed. <laughs> but I've also learned to embrace that time. So if I do have that, I'm not in the right kind of headspace or I'm, I, I, I haven't got any motivation, I let myself be in that place. So if it's watching Friends or if it's, you know, whatever it might be, I will then have a okay when this is finished get up and and move and go and do something else which is the mel robbins technique that we always talk about the 5 second rule mm-hmm. but it's it is that you know you have to move your body so I think you have to I allow myself to sit in those unmotivated moments but I give myself a time limit on being in that and I don't just kind of wallow in it because it's just not helpful for me you know mentally to just sit on the sofa and watch endless amounts of telly like it doesn't bring me joy and I'd rather be doing things that bring me joy that helped me you know sort of stay motivated and lift me up
1: yeah I, I'm it's interesting you say that I mean for us uh we all work for ourselves and it can be a little bit different and I was thinking about this the other day when I and as I was thinking about it it made me feel really grateful so it's like I'm really grateful for the fact that I work the way that I work because I can set the agenda for my week I can say actually, I'm going to take this break, I'm going to be a bit more fluid with my time, I'm not going to put pressure on myself about this or that. And that helps us to have that balance that you're talking about, you know, the Mm. kind of, we can go and see a friend in the middle of the day, or we can go to the supermarket, that's me sometimes, Um, (laughs) at odd times, very odd times during the day, just for a, a change of scene. And I know that sounds really sad, but that's kind of what we do. But If you're in work, if you're in the workplace and literally you've got work nonstop and if you're also a manager or a boss and you're trying to say, well, I want to help motivate my people, what do we do? I mean, to a certain extent, you can motivate them, but maybe it's about the culture that you've set in that organization that helps people to say, well, I'm not going to do too much. I'm going to have a little bit of balance and then then I can be motivated. So I don't know, what do you guys think about that whole balance of the workplace and motivation?
2: I think as a leader, it's your kind of responsibility to do frequent check-ins with your team and ensure that what's going on with them and, and checking in to make sure that they are feeling connected and engaged and empowered, which leads to motivation, right? And I think often when you're managing a team, you can get bogged down with everyday tasks that you have to deliver. And the pressure is on at the moment for workforce and with leaders in particular about, you know, especially with the whole hybrid working and everyone's got really different hours and you're trying to make sure that people are still delivering the work they need to deliver in the place that they want to deliver and how they want to deliver it, but still doing what they need to do in terms of collaboration. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. (laughs) And as a leader, if you've got a big team or even if you've got a small team, it doesn't really matter. you're you're constantly kind of thinking of other folks as well but you to kind of help you help them it is important that you do take a step back as as frequently as you can just to kind of do a bit of a sense check bit of a mini pulse check you know whatever you want to call it and ask the question like how are you doing what's going on how are you feeling and the things that worked for me when I worked in house was definitely my community at work you know Mm. and having that that safe space for me to go to my people, my team, not necessarily people I worked with, but just people that I connected with and just take a five minute breather with them, which is, you know, it's a complete different topic. And I'll just kind of drop it in here a little bit, which is why I'm still on the fence with the whole, well, I'm not even on the fence, I'm off it, definitely off it, about going (laughs) into the office at times and having those conversations with those folks and going for a coffee with them. And I, if I think back when I worked, I, I, I loved my lunchtime walks with Karen, my mate, you know, we we, t- we we had a laugh. We had a bit of a low morning. or We went to a meeting that was just a bit, uh, whatever. We used to go round and go for a good half an hour, 40 minute walk and just catch up about the work and meeting and just have a chat with each other. And when we came back from our walk, both of us felt really energised and, you know, we supported each other. And she could sense when I needed a cup of tea, you know, she would go and get a cup of tea and a biscuit. She could see that in because my body language and I was just really quiet. or had my head down and I could sense that in her. So, because we sat opposite each other in this office, I could see if her motivation was a bit lacking or if she said something and go, Karen, shall we just let's go and make a drink and get a biscuit? You know, and that and even that walk to the kitchen and having that chat with each other was just really important to me. But you can still, you know, even with the virtual world that we're in, it is important that we're more intentional with picking up the phone and just dialing someone's number and saying, have you got a quick 10 minutes? Shall we have let's go for a walk and talk or I'm going to go and make a coffee. Do you want to go and join me in the kitchen? While I go make coffee, you make one as well or whatever. And just check in with each other. And I think that really helps that kind of motivational thing. You are kind of led by your leader's behavior. You know, whatever you want to kind of say on that. I do think leaders, leaders should be demonstrating the right way to do things. Right. So the leader should be able to say to the team, I can sense that, you know, you need a break. Go, go five minutes, take 10 minutes, go for a long lunch, go to the coffee shop, do what you have to go and do. Come back and let's have a chat. And we should have to sense that, which is, you know, Simon Sinek talks a lot around those human skills, which he has renamed, you know, from soft skills to human skills, which is important when it comes to things like motivation, because motivation is different things for different people. Sorry, I,
0: I was having <laughs> a line roll moment about a rename of a soft skill to a human skill. And I understand the intention behind renaming it, but it's still the same thing, like, exactly. it's marketing, <laughs> isn't it? It's it or something
2: else. I, I actually like it. I think, you know, I think he's right in
1: what he, he says about... Right. He is. He's not wrong, no. I
2: think it's important that language changes as we progress. And if soft skills is making folks think it's not important for us to pay attention to, but, you know, if they resonate better with human skills, then... Yeah. Yeah, but do, but do they? Yeah. Well, I hope, Well, I'd hope so. I suppose it's the uh, behaviour you should put behind that language that you're doing in the first place. Right. It's no point having jargon for the sake of having jargon. It's and that's just, it. Whereas yeah. I think if yeah. you,
0: you can rebadge it, but people are still, it's still the same thing. People either yeah. get on board with it or, or they don't. And I, your point about kind of leaders leading by example, I think, is really important. And I, if I think about motivation and I think about the people around me in the last year and the conversations I've had there's definitely something around people not having those human skills and therefore not leading in that way so not Mm -hmm. acknowledging the fact that people need to have breaks and people need to have lunch hours and people need to finish at a reasonable time and those sorts of things that I think people have lost from being disconnected from human beings in the last 18 months but I think you know there is something about as a a leader or as a manager or whatever, you know, you can motivate people, but there's lots, that's complex, right? To be able to motivate another human being is a complex thing to be able to do in terms of understanding them, understanding how your behavior impacts them, understanding how you need to adapt to that person. If you've got lots of people in your team, there'll be different things that will motivate different people. And there's some lovely content in Hilary Scarlett's book around neuroscience for organizational change, the second edition that delves into this a bit more, which is really helpful when you're looking at there are certain things that you need to dial up and dial down for different people. And and we know that in the work that we do when we coach leaders and we coach people. And you can tell, I need to help this person get motivated by having this sort of conversation or it's this conversation for someone else. And I think putting all the pressure on leaders to be the ones to motivate people isn't the right solution either. And I don't think any Mm -hmm. of us are saying that, but we do have to be accountable and responsible for our own motivation. Like the fact that I might have a goal to do a handstand press up this year, which is my goal to be able to do by the end of the year, I have to be motivated to do that. Like no one else can do that for me. Like my my personal trainer can help me and the people at the gym, yeah, you know, they can help me do that, but they can't do it for me. So I do have to have my own motivation and I have to work out what motivates me and how I can do that. And I think mm-hmm. that's something that we all need to do. We all need to recognize what is it, like what's right for me and how I stay motivated won't be the same for everybody else. But you have to spend that time on yourself to realize what it is that's going to keep you motivated and enable you to have that resilience and kind of keep going yeah
1: I mean what I'm hearing is that motivation is really strongly tied into having balance and the the balance between work and all the things that we have to do for work and also play Mm. and how we relax and look after ourselves and for so many that it's not something that we focus on so we focus on motivation to say oh you need to get something done so it's more of an action more about work than it is about play and what we're saying here which I think is great is that it's this combination the only way you can have motivation is if you have both things and so for, for anybody listening who might be thinking do you know what the minute you say motivation it makes me feel tired which it does yes. sometimes me because the intention <laughs> from some is you need to get to work, you need to get more things done, you need to fit more things into your work, into your day, sorry. That is kind of a place that I think we need to move away from Mm. and we need to move towards that whole area of how do we find balance that allows us to be, have enough energy so that we are motivated to do the things
0: we need to get done. It's the mindset shift and this is something I've been working on probably for about the last kind of maybe three to six months where I'm forever on some different diet. I mean, anyone I've worked with (laughs) over the last 20 years will say, oh yeah, she's always doing kind of something. And since December 2020, I've been doing calorie counting and tracking. And that's really working for me in terms of monitoring stuff. And I'm nearly 20 pounds down from where I was in December, which is Mm -hmm. really good for me. But that's taken the best part of nearly a year to get there. And the bit that I'm trying to get to, and the bit that I keep saying to myself is... It's not like when I hit that goal, you know, unicorns are going to appear and rainbows are going to come out and we're all going to have, you know, six months of summer. Like nothing actually fundamentally changes when I get to that goal. Like nothing's going to happen. There's not going to be this big, you know, extravagant event that's going to be life changing. Like I'm just going to hit my goal. And I think we get so caught up in when I get here, this will happen. And this is in Stephen Bartlett talks about this in the Happy Sexy Millionaire book that I read. And it it, it is exactly that. It's trying to be focused on the life that you're leading and the journey that you're on rather than, but when I get there, this is what's going to happen. And that's a real mindset shift. And it takes, I'm still working on it, (laughs) but it's that motivation to keep going on the basis that this is life. I'm not motivated to keep going because when I get there, unicorns are going to come and there's going to be rainbows. I'm motivated because I'm enjoying the things that I'm doing and I'm enjoying my life. And I think that's, to your point, that's the shift we've got to make. It's not about okay, but when we get there and we've hit that goal, then we can go because because otherwise, I think that's the danger of motivation, is you're constantly striving to get to that point, but nothing happens when you get there. And then it's like, well, might as well just eat four cakes because <laughs> nothing's changed.
1: Maybe that's why people
0: eat four cakes. Maybe four cakes. <laughs> I asked for unicorns and some acknowledgement. Of this thing. <laughs>
2: i was just uh, i was when you we were just talking then i was just i remember reading a blog ages ago about different types of motivation and what you just said about the, the unicorns and gold was and it? Rainbows. I, well, I
0: mean, you, 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 you would go for the gold.
2: You would go. For I would the, just go for the you gold. I like, like, think gold, gold at the end of all of it, it. I know. I mean, any. I mean, who wouldn't if you're going to see unicorns at the end of all of that? Exactly. But it reminded me about the different types of motivation that I read. go And I just found it, and they there's an article, and it's. And we'll share the. Obviously, we will share all the links on our case on our. Um, Show notes. Show notes. Show notes. <laughs> and they said the seven types is one of which is achievement motivation, which is what I think you were talking about is the drive to pursue and attain goals. That's uh, achievement motivation. Then they talk about affiliation motivation, which is the drive to relate to people on a social basis. So you're motivated to kind of go you know to perform better to work better you might be inspired by somebody so they motivate you to work better you know Mm -hmm. some sponsors and leaders that you might see then you've got competence motivation which is a drive to be good at something which Mm -hmm. I think that aligns with the whole certification of things that we do in qualifications and all that kind of stuff then you've got power motivation which is a drive to influence people (laughs) I feel like we've got all of these already yeah power (laughs) motivated people create an impact uh, on their organization so I, I do think that we, aligns with what we want to try and do. Then you've got attitude, motivation. Attitude, motivation is how people think and feel. So it's about self-confidence. So you may want to kind of, you know, work work on that side of things. Then you've got incentive, motivation, where somebody or team reaps the benefits of an activity that you do. So that's why I think a lot of the reward and recognition stuff that mm. works in businesses work really well with motivation. And then you've got the last one, which is fear, the fear motivation, which is a cohesion of person to act against its will, is instantaneous and gets the job done quickly. So I think I do think that some line managers, some leaders and even some peers use this quite a lot to yeah. drive action in folks to get them to be motivated You know, if you don't do this, you're going to lose your job. If yes. you don't do this, you're not going to get your bonus. If you don't do this, then your your performance review is going to be in the red. Yeah. you know whatever it is and I do think that we I think that's used more frequently that we'd like it to be used in, mm. in businesses but it's really interesting it's a real I'll share I'll share the link to the article but it just kind of helps break it down to I suppose one of the things about motivation is like you just said Jenny it's about what why what are you motivated for like is it Yeah. what is the reason for it and I think it's okay like you said right at the start of this podcast to accept the fact that there will be some days where you feel a bit meh and you don't want to be motivated anywhere. And I think we need to accept that as human beings, that we're allowed to have those days. And yeah. nobody expects you to be, you know, switched on 24-7 and high-fiving yourself about <laughs> being motivated. <It> just, <laughs> life doesn't work that way. And I think no. we're so quick at judging ourselves. And I've stopped using the word uh, lazy. I used to say, oh, I'm, I'm having a lazy Sunday or I'm having a lazy week. Or I've been really lazy today. I've not done anything. And that used to drive the guilt in me, which then made me think, why am I not feeling motivated enough to kind of get up and do something? And I think you need to accept that some days your as a your brain and even your physical kind of presence needs that rest. Yeah. And you should not feel bad about that. And if you do feel like you need that rest then take it and no one you know, don't ever think that you have to be at that standard of somebody else. And I say this on one of my quotes, <laughs> Compar- yeah. well, not my yeah. quote. I did not invent this quote, even though I wish I did. But, you know, comparison is it's the, the thief, thief of, of joy. joy it really is and I don't think you can come and I think with the with the explosion of social media and all these kind of gurus coming out saying earn six figures in 26 minutes <laughs> I can get you there and if you don't get there then you think you're at fault or you're not motivated enough to do it to it contrive really poor behavior mm. and really poor kind of mental health and well-being in yourself so I think we just have to be a little bit cautious about ourselves and who we are and what it means for us when it comes to kind of things like motivation, because you can drive really poor Mm. behavior
1: in yourself, Mm. I think. Yeah. No, I definitely think there's so much in that word motivation. And just listening to you go through that list, it made me think, oh, my goodness. (laughs) And we just touched the surface, Mm. really, of talking about where motivation fits in and the different types of motivation And the fact that we don't actually have to use fear to get people to do things, because I think how much more would people do things if they felt comfortable or relaxed or that you enjoy? And just talking about thinking about myself, I've found that I get far more done when I take that pressure off. So like what you said, Advita, about not beating yourself up about being lazy or taking a little break or taking time out. And the times when I've just not done that are the times that I've gotten most done. And that I felt most like I've achieved something. So for me, I've really found that that there's something in that, you know, not beating myself up about the fact that I'm not good enough. And yes, when I look at YouTube and there's all these videos telling people how, you know, you can make millions or what are you doing and going (laughs) challenging you. It's almost that point of saying, let me switch off because that's not my life. And it's how it applies to your own personal life and the things that are important to you. So. When it comes to motivation and achievement, it really comes down to what's really important to you and what are the things that you've set out to say that you want to do for your own life, not what somebody else is doing. Which brings us to the point where I need to talk about some tips. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I was just uh, I guess for for those listening, it would be suggestions of what motivation perhaps in the workplace, but also personally. And we've given quite a few already. But but yeah, what do you what do you think, Jenny?
0: So it's interesting because I was having some conversations just this week around this with some of my clients. And I think there is something around having a plan. And I'm a big one for a plan right as we as most of us know but and that doesn't need to be you know a really detailed fixed kind of plan but you kind of have to know what it is that you you kind of going for you know whether that's really long term whether it's sort of short to medium term but if you don't have that you can get a bit aimless and if I look at the people that I'm kind of coaching and working with and talking to there's lots of that you know I'm not really sure what I want to do and where I want to go and and then you have to sort of work through okay well these are kind of your options and let's talk about what those options might be and how they feel and then you start to get underneath what's actually really driving behaviors and what's what we really you know looking for and what's important and i think that's the thing for me so if you haven't got not even a plan but if you haven't kind of got a sense of you know this is what i want to do then I I think that makes motivation really hard. And I, you know, from from my perspective, I like to have a bit of a goal from a kind of fitness perspective. And and over the years, I've done things. I've cycled from London to Hull and I've done, you know, Tough Mudder. So I, I, I like having something to aim for. And this year is my handstand press up. So I like having something in that space. Likewise, from a business perspective, I'll have, you know, not a big kind of sense of a big goal, but I'll have, this is what I'm trying to achieve That might be quite broad, but then allows me to make sure that all my activity is then aligned to that sort of vision of what I'm aiming for. And that's, you know, really helpful. I think the other thing I would recommend to people is reading Notes on a Nervous Planet by Matt Haig, which I've mentioned a few times. But it's in that book that he talked about editing your choices and you don't have to read every book and watch every film. And I think that's just quite helpful when you're thinking about your motivation, when things can feel a bit overwhelming that you're it's okay for you to set what you want to do so there's that one and then there's just a little bit of stuff around knowing yourself and I'm equally can be a bit guilty of this of worrying that I haven't you know done something or it's going to take me ages to do it or overthinking or overestimating how long I think something's going to take is really what's the deadlines because you can easily put pressure on yourself which can then lead to demotivating you whereas actually if I've got to deliver a piece of work And I might put an unnecessary deadline of doing it by Thursday, whereas realistically it could go the following Tuesday. So why am I putting that pressure on? So I always sort of check in with my own deadlines to make sure that I'm not putting unnecessary pressure on myself, which we can sometimes do. And I did this even when I worked, you know, in-house, as much as it's a luxury to be your own boss and and have that time. There is something about doing this no matter what your role is um, and having those conversations of expectations and stuff like that but there's a lot of stuff i think that kind of links to productivity for me which we talked about mm-hmm. obviously in season one so there's also a bit of that and we'll put a link back to that episode in the show notes as well because i think there's a lot of things in there that can help you kind of keep going and being productive if you're feeling like you're in a bit of a rut so they would be mine
2: great advita great now i'm going to borrow or steal i should say jenny's planning one i am um, i do think Planning is really important, and I don't. I used to be very good at long-term planning, and then COVID hit, <laughs> and it really, it really kind of bothered me to the extent where because I, I spent ages on my business plan for Comms Rebel, like you know, two years basically, <laughs> business plan. <laughs> there was nothing around a global pandemic in my business plan, and then two months into the business, the pandemic hit, and my business plan was just like no. I wouldn't say it was wasted, but it was definitely not aligned for crisis like a global pandemic so it made me kind of look at planning in a different way because life isn't a plan all the time is it things do kind Mm -hmm. of have to change as I recognize so I now plan through seasons because I also realize that I am very different in winter and autumn than I am in spring and summer which might be a bit you know out there whatever you want to say but just just if you're really in tune with yourself you'll notice that your habits change throughout the year Mm -hmm. and I think that's really important to recognize for your own motivation because I am definitely more motivated with innovative ideas around spring and summertime and less so in I'm okay in autumn but definitely not as good in winter this
0: is good this is good to know we'll get we'll get no innovative yeah, just creative you yeah. in December
2: <laughs> it's, in, in December it's because it's a bit cold and a bit dark it, it kind of plays on your mind a bit right so if I want some kind of innovation in my own kind of business stuff then I tend to be much better at that so I need to do more to drive innovation in December is what I mean it's like Hmm. don't worry I'm not like hibernating like a bear and not going to (laughs) do (laughs) it
1: I (laughs) was thinking of that word hibernation
2: hibernation. but no you have to switch it up and down depending on what's going on in in your life at that moment in time so I know in winter I will need to up my motivation with creativity and do more around that space so listen to more people that inspire me of course Dr. Brené Brown is always on my podcast around that time because she just drives that Shonda I'll re-listen to Shonda book to kind of give me that inspiration that I need and I'll do little things and it's always in my plan so I always have kind of like a personal plan and a professional plan um and I do it in 90 day segments and that kind of fits in with you know winter spring autumn and summer and if you live somewhere where you don't have those seasons like that then you know do do what you need to do it that works for you but 90 day plan seems to be much much better for me the other thing I do is reset completely like if I feel like I've gone a few days with just feeling a little bit I'm not achieving anything here, I will, I will just stop and reset and rewrite the rules of my life again, if that makes sense, like I will not just kind of keep going on and on and on, I'll I'll actually say that out loud, like I'm just going to reset, start again, and that, you know, ever since it was you Jenny that shared that one big thing, three little things, and a post-it thing, which I still do to this day, that for me has been a big game changer in the way I work, because I used to be I never really kept lists, which people find really bizarre because it really overwhelmed me looking at a big, long list of things to do. And I just ended up procrastinating. So now that one big thing, three little things works really well for me. But what I'll do is when I feel like I'm slipping into this kind of, I, I can't see myself out of this and I'm struggling with my motivation a little bit, I'll just reset and think, why am I doing this? What's the purpose of me doing this? What are the outcomes I'm looking for? What am I trying to achieve from this? And if it doesn't really align with the goals and purpose that I've got, then I'll just. Stop. Like, you know, you have to really think about why you're doing something. And if it's not really helping you either have a growth mindset or be better in yourself or help others, then you've got to really kind of consider why you're kind of getting yourself involved in certain things. Because I do have a habit of getting involved in
0: things that's got nothing to do with (laughs) it. is because you, you're like a magpie you like to shiny I just things
2: like you're like, yeah yeah I do I do get involved in things and then like halfway through I'll be like what what what, what am I doing why am I getting involved in this what? what's going on so don't you know, think that you can't reset like you can reset and what I mean by reset it could physically mean getting up from your desk going outside and just walking around outside in the fresh air and coming back in like there's so many different things people talk about the Amy Cuddy pose The power pose that works for a lot of people. So if you're feeling a bit hands on your waist and looking mean and we're all doing it
0: now. No one can see us us, doing it. Yeah, no one can see us doing
2: it, but we're all doing it. So the power pose because I still do the power pose. Like I know some. It's been belittled according to Amy when I listened to her on Clubhouse. She said a lot of people have. Belittled that pose, which I just think I like it. I used I to like do it. it. I used to do it in the lift on the way up. Yes, yeah, it works. I, like it. I just like, and lots of people came back at her and said, you know, like DM'd her on Insta and said it does work for them. So that's the thing: do what works for you. Try yeah. these things out. If it doesn't work, move on and do something else. And the last thing is music. Like music is a big part of my motivation. It really kind of I've spoken about French jazz a few times. Oh yeah, and now I moved on to bossa nova. So Boston, oh,
1: nice! I love Bossa Nova.
2: <laughs> I am so like Jenny has no idea. You no need to idea. listen, but Jenny, you'd get hooked. Yeah, okay. Bossa Nova. It's like it's like you know what it's like. It's like slightly better than lift music, elevator music. Yeah, it's just uh, do you it's, know cheesy. I mean?
1: it's cheesy. It's cheesy, but it's cheesy, great. I love it. But it's just
2: okay. nice, and it's just yeah. Listen to it. So there you go, Bossa Nova. <laughs> do the power pose and do your spring, summer, winter, autumn, or fall for our American audience. Uh, a Canadian order as well, I think they call it fall a plant, and I think that that really helps
1: me in terms of cool. growing. Cool. Well, I had a couple. Um, one is in the workplace: get to know your people, and just be mindful that it's not a catch-all. Not everybody gets motivated by money. Some people are motivated by just a little bit of attention. So, and I know that's mm-hmm. difficult if you've got lots of people, but it is doable if you if you put your mind to it. If you really intend on doing it, it will happen. The other one is adapt. So to the points that Jenny and Advita have made, it's not just about seeing things that you want to copy and you just do it. Think about how you are and who you are and adapt some of these things to work for you. So once you've identified them, see how they fit into your lifestyle. Mm. And, and that will help rather than just you know adopting something and saying, oh, that doesn't work. yeah it's so easy to do that isn't it it's like well that doesn't work it's throw that out the window when actually you might need to make an adjustment for it to fit in your lifestyle and then the last one for me is gratitude it's be grateful for the the bits that you have and and by taking a bit of gratitude you're actually almost resetting things when you think about it you kind of step back and think hang on hang on a minute what can I be grateful for in this particular situation in this particular thing even if I'm stressed well hang on a minute what stands out that I can pay attention to that actually I'm just grateful for and it, it really will help to motivate or lift you a bit as well as motivational quotes
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> <That's me>. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna to have to find some motivational quotes for this one aren't we oh definitely out your best your favorite one and a power pose year. picture oh yeah power poses motivational yeah. quotes we'll be yeah. doing
2: it all doing it all. all we want to see you the, the folks that are listening what you to, we want you to do the same so share your quotes with us because we'll, we'll share them and your power poses so we want maybe to see we should poses. do a power pose selfie <gasps> Yeah. yeah let's do a power pose yeah so send us your power pose selfie and I'll pick a winner I don't know what I keep doing this I do random competitions Let's we'll pick a winner everyone's a, everyone's a winner
0: everyone I love that everyone's a
2: winner <laughs> <laughs> but do you know that's a good idea let's share your power. Let's, show your power let's still do a power pose that'll be really yeah. good
0: and we'll send- <laughs> we could get we'll send all sensory. sorts of poses now I know yeah. <laughs> yeah, that it. could yeah. no dangerous. <laughs> yeah.
2: don't be dangerous yeah don't be sending us any dodges. St- 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 get yeah, enough of that on a day-to-day basis i <laughs> oh god, got that ended a really weird note
0: <laughs> to find out more about us how to sign up to our comms retreat or to listen to past episodes go to calmedgedrebels.com. don't forget to rate and subscribe and thanks for listening